Hello and welcome everyone to episode one of the Paleo Pet Raw podcast. Um, my name is Jay Avery, the owner of Paleo Pet. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to make this podcast to kind of reach an audience in a different way. Um, I personally love consuming content while I'm driving. I feel like if I'm not listening to something that educates me or enlightens me while I'm not doing anything with my time, like sitting in traffic, especially in California where we have these long commutes sometimes, um, that I'm missing out on something. So um, podcasts, different kind of videos and things like that are super interesting to me. So I figured that I'd, I'd supply some content for those of you who are interested in just general raw feeding. Um, feeding your dogs appropriately, giving them better health, better wellness, better vitality, um, and just can't, kind of caring about our dogs. I think that the, that the whole, um, I think that the whole thing has shifted, right, um, to where before, when I was growing up, we just had a dog, and we, literally our dog lived in the backyard, and it was just a dog, and to say that in, in this society is sort of a slap in the face to really what dogs have become in a social aspect of being integrated into our family structures. So I think that the level of importance and um, that sort of thing is, is huge nowadays where dogs are literally substitutes for children in some cases where um, people either prefer or just can't have or um, have instead um, these four-legged family members, um, their four-legged children, etc., cetera, um, rather than kids or along with kids. But anyway, let me not get off in too far of a tangent. So I don't have an outline. I don't have any sort of direction. I'm just going to speak my truth. I don't know how long this or any cast is going to be right now. Um, just because I'm just going to start talking about stuff. And I think that that's the most genuine that I can be. Um, and, you know, as we go through, um, as this thing grows and develops its own personality, then we'll, I think, be more targeted. But right now I'm just going to talk about kind of who we are, how we got here, what our goals are. And so right, who we are is we're a raw pet food company who grinds in small batches and delivers the best possible food that we can give your pet at the most affordable price ever, right? I, I literally think I'm mean, I've done the research. I think that we are the most cost-effective complete diet that offers organic ingredients in our pet food on the West Coast, period. Um, so, and it's, it's, it's really because of our business model. So we're, we're direct to consumer. We are not a brick and mortar. We do not have um, that sort of overhead. Um, and so without that kind of infrastructure, we are more of a B2C um, situation where you can buy direct from us and there is no middleman. We don't have to pay rent or leases. Um, you know, there are of course expenses to running any business, but there's no distributors um, in between when you go direct through us. Um, again, that's evolving. Um, but I, we're always going to be able to, um, we'll, we'll always keep the line open directly to the consumer. Um, <clears throat> so that's who we are. That's what we have to offer. And what our goal really is, is to get people to start really understanding the nutritional needs of dogs, to get people to stop feeding Snickers and McDonald's and that sort of thing, you know, um, 
and understanding that that's what you're feeding when you're putting cereal in that dog's bowl day after day and the kind of the kind of metabolic stress and just hurt you're causing without knowing it. I mean, you could be feeding the best $100 bag of grain-free food from Canada or whatever, but it's still kibble. And we'll get into that in other podcasts to really kind of dive, dive deep into what the heck is going in your dog's mouth. Um, our, and, our, and our ultimate goal is to get this generation of dogs super healthy so that the next generation and the generation after that can be bred from healthy dogs so that now you've got a species that is living to their genetic potential. And that's what we're really excited about um, at Paleo Pet Ron. Man, we may not live to see that, but um, shoot, I hope we do, right? <clears throat> so, you know, uh, let's get, let's, I think that to have a better standing, understanding of like our background, who we are, kind of, let me tell you the story of like how we got here. So um, back in the early 2000s, I want to say around 2005-ish, um, I had a dog, her name was Simba, and she'd been with me through my entire adult life from like I was 18 and I think, you know, till around 30 when she died. Um, but let's talk about her. So Simba um, was an overweight dog. She was about 11 years old. And, you know, after about seven or so, she did what any other senior dog does, kind of waddles around the house and just lays around like a doormat and gets real excited when it's feeding time. And really, that's the only thing she's excited about. Um, <clears throat> and and that was kind of her life, right? So, and she'd had a good life. I mean, you know, um, she'd been with us for quite a long time. 11 whole years. She wasn't feeling well one day and I took her to the vet and um, the vet gave her six months to live. And, you know, I'm just hearing that just was devastating. It sucked. Um, so what I, what I figured I would do was, you know, I'd just go out, give her the best dog food. I, you know, I'll, I'll throw the puppy chow out and throw the bacon bits out and give her the best, most expensive dog food I could find because she, you know, the budget would only last six months anyways. And she, she'd given me her entire life. So let me give her six months of everything I can give her. Um, not even, not even realizing that I should have had that mindset to begin with, but that's neither here nor there. So, um, in my research, basically during this time, we, um, we, we adopted another dog, um, a rescue dog. Her name is Maya and she was a pup. And so, um, you know, I was doing this thing. I was going to, I was going to get the best food for Simba and I was going to start Maya on that same best food. And, um, our trainer actually for Maya introduced us to this thing called raw, raw dog food. And, to put it in a nutshell, I was just explained that it was just raw meat. And I was like, um, yeah, raw meat to my dog. I don't, that's weird. Um, but really, I think the conversation, I don't know how the conversation went, but the understanding of it was that if you had a pack of wolves or wild dogs in the wild and they hunted and killed their prey, they wouldn't set up a campfire to cook it, right? They would literally eat it right then on the spot and what did that do for them well number one it gave them 
nutrients in its most purest form the way nature intended, right? Mother Nature didn't intend for them to cook their nutrients away. Number two, the amino acids, the, the omegas, and all, that, all those vitamins and minerals that were intended for them to uptake it at, at that time were viable. And that's why these wild dogs were always healthier um, than our commercially fed kibble dogs. So I can't kind of with that premise, I went, I went for it and this food was super expensive. Um, but I went for it anyways and started feeding. So what ended up happening was my fat 11 year old dog in the first three months lost 20 pounds, lost 20 pounds. Her spark came back into her eyes and she started walking around more, started following me around more, like a young pup, right? She started, um, her waddle turned into a trot, and that trot turned into kind of a half run sometimes when she got really excited, and so this was super, like, super exciting for me, and I was, you know, stoked. Um, long story short, and I'll come back to that moment in time, but long story short was that Simba who had six months to live and at three months had lost 20 pounds and got some vitality back in her life, eventually lived another three years and died at 14 years old, guys. I got three years out of my dog just by feeding appropriately. And when, you know, and during this whole transition, during this whole time, and eventually after she died, I just kicked myself the entire time and thinking, man, where was this guy? Where was this food? When she was a puppy, where was my understanding? Where was my education of canine nutrition when she was a pup? Because if I had started her then, how much more time could I have had with her? And not only that, but how much better could her life been for her? Um, so that was my chance. And, I, and we adopted again Maya, that dog um, that was there um, through the last couple of years of Simba's life. And so she started the second we got her home. She was, what, eight weeks old? And... She started on a raw diet, <clears throat> but this raw diet thing was super expensive. And I remember we we took Maya to like this dog park. If you guys have ever lived in California, there's a Chula Vista, California, and on the east side um, of Chula Vista, there was a dog park called Duncan Ranch, and we took her there almost daily. Um, so there was a crowd there, and we started talking to this crowd about raw food and what we were doing and telling our story, and eventually started kind of selling enough of our food to just feed for free um feed both of them because they were both alive at that time um <clears throat> we did get into some other stuff uh what people refer to these days as diy which meant that we would go to a meat packing plant and literally buy multiple 40 pound cases of meat whether it's you know um in whatever form meat bone and organ that we could think of whether it's drumsticks and quarters and beef hearts and uh and lung and and that sort of thing so that stuff i mean it was kind of a drag it got really messy really time consuming and really um just really hard so um the grinds that we were buying were from a place called green bay pet they were one of the first um pet food marketers to market a raw diet for dogs in um in kind of the mainstream which really really wasn't mainstream at all because no one had heard of this stuff back in the early 2000s their diet actually um was for uh, exotic cats in the zoo and 
they just repackaged it and sold it um, as dog food because really it was it was if it was appropriate enough for an obligate carnivore like a feline, <clears throat> then it was definitely appropriate enough for a foraging carnivore like a canine. So <clears throat> so this food was great. Um, they eventually uh, became known as a company called Vital Essentials um, is what they're called in this day, but they've been around for shoot 30 years when I discovered them um, in the in kind of the zoo and exotic animal world. But so again, we started just kind of telling our story um, and we were at a lot of places, not just the dog park, but with Maya, she was getting trained and we started entering some amateur competitions in the local area and really, I mean, started winning a bunch of them and um, and just started continuing to tell our story to, to be able to feed um, this, this expensive food free. Um, and eventually we came into where we were having some excess revenue. Um, and we, we, when I say we, it's my girlfriend, Sandy and I, um, we moved to Temecula and, um, then bought a house in Murrieta after we lived in Temecula for about a year. <clears throat> and, we literally opened a business and went down to the city, got a business license um, and started selling out of our garage, invested in a couple of really big, the, those big coffin freezers, um, those chest freezers and ordered a bunch of food at a time and started, you know, selling it. And, and it was, it was a nice side hustle. The side hustle started growing and growing because people started getting more educated. And this is still early development, right? This is back in, I don't know, 2010, 11 or so. Um, that, com um, that company, well, so it started growing. And what happened is that people were picking up food at our house. And we had a corner house. And it was really kind of drawing a little bit too much traffic and too much attention. So there was a need for us to move that traffic elsewhere. So a couple of miles, about a mile and a half, honestly, um, from our house was a, a little business industrial area where we leased a warehouse type garage type of deal um, and moved it there and we called that business doggy distro and um, we only had word of mouth we didn't really do any marketing except joining a couple of early Facebook groups on um, like pet place and things like that you know community groups on Facebook um, where we would just say hey if you want to feed raw come to us and what we did was we threw a bunch of freezers in a big warehouse that looked like a, honestly, it looked like just a big garage. And then it had an office where we would do the transactions at, and we would sell all this, all these different types of raw now. So it wasn't just the Green Bay Pet or what, uh, Vital Essentials or whatever. It was a whole bunch of brands, Primal, Stalin, Chewy, um, Canine Craving, all this, all these other, all these other brands. And they were, I mean, still, I mean, price points were high, but people were kind of, you know, figuring it out and, and um, you know, reaping the benefits of, you know, hearing our story and then reaping the, the same benefits to their compromised dogs. Um, <clears throat> so that lasted for a good year. And then that morphed into something else where we needed to expand. We, we then decided to do a full on brick and mortar. We moved a couple miles up the road. Um, on Jefferson Avenue and then rebranded, called that company Carnivore Planet. And it was a huge um, undertaking. It was a, it was a nice store. We kind of boutiqued it out, made these custom 
um, fixtures and spent way too much money on just designing the place. But um, there we carried full on retail, um, concentrated on holistic and natural um, foods and sourced from really great manufacturers. Again, our focus was still raw at this time, um, but we needed to just expand our reach because people wanted treats and other people wanted a kibble uh, alternative because they just couldn't do raw or, or, you know, it was dangerous for them or whatever their excuse was. But we had 21 freezer doors there, so we carried a ton of frozen raw food. Um, we picked up another few manufacturers, small batch being one of them, and um, that was our flagship brand for a while. We actually built that brand um, from a startup company to really where they are today. We are very responsible for um, building up that brand. Um, Northwest Naturals, too, was a huge brand that we um, we turned into a flagship brand at our store. But eventually, so that store, it was pretty cool because it was retail. Um, it was raw-focused, but naturally holistic-focused. We had things like coconut oil and um, apple cider vinegar and all these like just remedies, right, to... Um, natural alternatives. Um, and then we had other departments. So we had a full-on grooming um, salon in there and had groomers and we had a daycare area that was pretty cool because it was like in a glass enclosure. And when you walked in, you could see the see the dogs there that were sitting in daycare and they'd come up and greet the customers and, um, well, kind of greet them through the glass. But um, <clears throat> so grooming, retail, uh, dog boarding, dog daycare, dog training. We did training out of there. So in the back of the warehouse was kind of an alleyway where we did a lot of our dog training and um, group classes and things like that. So it was a full on deal and it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Um, we had, we did a lot of educating, like a lot more educating than selling. Like we were never the kind of company that would hard push. We were there to give people the information so that, and, 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 so that they could take that information and decide what was best for their dog. If I if I told them, hey, this is the best possible thing you could do for your dog, and they decided on something else, there was no hard sell. Like, go do what you need to do um, where you feel comfortable. I'm here to give you the information, and that's really what our focus was, and I think how, that's how the brand grew, the Carnivore Planet brand grew. And we were educators, really. Um, we also did nutritional consultations out of there. So we worked with a couple of vets in the area. Um, to name them, Dr. Downs over at Temecula Valley Animal Hospital, which is a fear-free clinic, which is still there. And it's a great facility. So clean. It's it's, brand, it's not brand new now, but it was brand new then, and it still looks brand new now. Um, but they're great. And um, we work with them. And we work with Dr. Costuma, which is a fantastic guy that really understands how to communicate what's going on um, in the bigger picture um, and keeping you informed about really what's going on with your dog and really cares and, and really kind of goes out of his way to follow up and understand and um, and help. Um, so that's Arc Animal Hospital in Marietta. Um, and he would send me dogs all the time um, that would need nutritional consultation because he understood that the expertise were in our building uh, with respect to nutritional stuff. and shoot, when dogs got hurt and, and things of that nature happened, we would send our dogs to them. Um, so both of these guys, Dr. Costuma at Arc Animal Hospital in Marietta and Dr. Downs over at Temecula Valley Animal Hospital in Temecula, um, I want to give them both a big shout out there. Um, I love, uh, really cherish their relationships we've built with them. Um, 
but shoot, I, I just went off on a tangent, lost my train of thought. So, um, and, and carnivore plant was really fun. Again, we did a lot more educating than selling, but you know, those, that stuff converted and people got the education they needed to make more informed decisions about their dogs and their dog's health and well-being. So we were super happy to do that and to be able to, um, you know, cultivate that sort of mindset, right? Um, we even did seminars. So I would do nutritional talks there. We would have um, other companies that would come in. So Answers Pet Food was a big one that came in. And we had like on a Wednesday afternoon at one o'clock in the middle of the day, we had like a 50 person standing room only. Um, it wasn't standing room only, but it was like all the chairs were, were you know, and people were just crowded all over the place. But to hear Jacqueline from Answers talk about canine nutrition and um, rabbit starvation and you know, all kinds of stuff, right? Um, just, you know, educating people. We had, I think, oh, I forget her name, Stephanie or something from Small Batch. What was her name? Ah, I forgot. She's going to kill me if she hears this. Uh, Tiffany, I think. Yeah, I hope so. Um, from Small Batch. And she came in and we did another talk then and giveaways and things like that. So uh, rescues came in and did adoption events. It was a really good time. Um, we really connected with the community in Temecula and Marietta, and we were so happy that we were received so well from them. Um, <clears throat> we did that for about four years, and eventually, you know, um, we just had a shift, like, in direction. I think that what we were looking for in that space... Hey, guys, sorry for the abrupt cutoff there. I was um, interrupted, and so I just moved rooms. I'm literally standing in the garage uh wanting to finish this podcast or finish the story i don't know if this is going to be have to be a part two um or if i could just edit this and um cut it or paste it onto the first part of the part one so we'll see how that turns out but anyways let me finish the story so um again carnivore planet was our brick and mortar and then we kind of in the end decided to go to uh, a different direction. But before we did that, we actually, instead of um, continuing to sell um, other manufacturers brands, we started making our own and we packaged that as, uh, we branded as the name of the store. So it was Carnivore Planet Raw Pet Food. Um, it was a cool formula and it um, really was only available. Um, that whole thing took a lot longer than we expected. And as we were closing the store, it was only available to consumers on the very last day that we closed the store. Literally, our first like delivery um, and availability of that product was the day of closing. Um, and that was unfortunate because I think that it could have taken off um, at a much greater rate of speed um, had we kept the store open. But... There was other things going on. Maya, Maya was sick at the time, um, and um, and I, I think it was it was just time to move on. We'd been doing that thing for four years, and um, a lot of times, if you if you're if any of you um, have experience in business um, that scaled to any degree, what you kind of find out eventually is that you really got to babysit the business, and that you become a glorified babysitter of your employees, and that you never really get time off. So when we go out camping or when we go on vacation, it was always something had to do with the store. And that was really frustrating. But I mean, I, I guess camp comes with the territory. So what we decided to do was then go into kind of just the manufacturing aspect and really grow a brand of 
our own food. Um, so that, that store shut down November 2016, I believe. And um, <clears throat> then we spent some time, a little time off. I don't want to go into too much, but I'll fast forward. And um, eventually then created a completely new formula, revamped the whole thing, really got really picky about what was in there, started sourcing organic ingredients like organic kale. I always wanted kale in my um, formulas that, for that green veggie um, nutrients and things like that. So we rebranded into what we are now, which is Paleo Pet Raw. Um, we eventually kind of went back to the old model of direct-to-consumer since we didn't have a brick and mortar anymore. Um, and now have seen some major success in that. Um, so um, that's kind of where we're at. We're, um, we are the probably the most cost-effective direct-to-consumer brand of raw dog food. So we only sell, like if you buy from us, we only sell by the case. So it's a 30-pound case. Um, and we have a couple of different options that you can get in that case. We have like two-pound chubs, five-pound chubs, and patties. So the chubs are like, you know, those rolls of meat that you see at the store when you buy ground beef at, you know, your favorite grocery store or whatever. Um, that's kind of what the packaging looks like, but it's our formula inside that packaging. Um, and we only sell by the 30 pound case just to keep things cost effective. Um, did that for a little bit and then started, uh, it started getting, it started getting hard to manage with all the, the ordering and the customers and we were you know running word docs and excel sheets so eventually i took like three or four days um to initially build and then you know it's a work in progress a website an e-commerce website for paleo pet raw so that's www.paleopetraw.com i built that thing um on my own and um and continue to update it every single day um but now instead of having to go count how much inventory we had every day um, and things like that, our e-commerce system handles all of the transactional um, components of, of the ordering, the fulfillment and um, inventory and things like that. So it's a really slick um, website. It's pretty easy to use, but um, of course, if anything can use improvement. Um, so that's where we're at now. Um, we were doing that and then and then just the demand started growing so uh a couple of stores picked us up so we are currently at horizon pet supply in uh french valley which is winchester california and then the their other branch in wildemar um california as well up in like north marietta off of clinton keith i believe and then we have a grooming salon um it's called Diego Dogs Grooming in Pacific Beach, California, um, TV, uh, that carries our product as well. And none of those stores can keep us in stock. I literally got a voicemail two days ago from one of the owners of Horizon, or the owner of Horizon, saying that we're getting a lot of calls and they can't keep us in stock. So we're scaling right now. We're going through some growing pains, and um, I think it's a good problem to have. But at the same time, um, we're trying to continue to keep customers when they're frustrated that we don't have a product because we're just not we just we're just not used to having to produce as much as we have um you know historically so 
or we're in this really exciting but scary time of growth where um, we've got to we've got to do the appropriate things and set the appropriate infrastructure in place to either keep up or we're going to lose, right? So um, <clears throat> I hope this thing grows and I hope that I can give you or bring um, all you listeners some value. So I don't know if there's comments available um, on these podcasts or if there's, a, I think there's a messaging system where it's, um, you can you can send a message in. I'll figure that out, I'm sure, at some point. Um, if you guys want me to talk about anything, you're curious about anything, or you want me to just do a Q&A or something, I'd love to um, do that. And if there are any other podcasters out there that do some um, regular, you know, pet or pet nutrition or pet training or things like that um, podcasts, I'd love to either, you know, have you as a guest or um, hop on yours, et cetera. So, um, yeah, so that's who we are. We're Paleo Pet Raw. We hope you can visit our website. We literally just opened an Instagram page like two days ago. And what is it? It's like July, freaking end of July, 2019. And we literally just got on Instagram. It's uh should be hashtag Paleo Pet Raw. Um, same with our Facebook page. You can like us on there, facebook.com forward slash Paleo Pet Raw. Um, and then, um, yeah, visit us, check us out. And we look forward to some uh, future talks with you guys. All right, guys. Talk to you soon.